We love hip hop. All right, let's get it popping. All right. We love hip hop. Yeah, man. I am really, really happy to to have this reuniting of a conversation right now. You know what I'm saying? It's we. This is what our third time that we're we're locking in for a convo. Third or fourth, something like that. Something yeah. like that. You yeah, know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. And and you know, for the people who are watching on YouTube, salute. Make sure to hit the like. Make sure to hit the subscribe. All that good stuff. And you know, for the people who are in the YouTube space watching, this is a familiar face to you already. You know what I mean? And for the people in the listening audience, salute to y'all. And salute to the sponsors, Astro Pink. If you know, you know. Check them out Shoot. on their website, myastropink.com, or on their Instagram, Astro underscore Pink. You heard me. Shout out Astro. Man. Yeah, man. Always keeping me toasty. You know what I'm saying? Sure. But, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm really happy to have this conversation because every time I talk to you, more things are happening. Yeah. You know what <laughs> I mean? Life, man. Life. Yeah. Like, <laughs> um, this is the gentleman who started a league back in 2008. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Where that from Toronto has gone worldwide and has, you know, put a lot of people on the forefront of, of, of the battle rap scene. And you've evolved from that into the cannabis scene. Yeah. So with no further ado, we have organics in the mother effing building. What's going on, man? Chilling, bro. How you doing, man? I can't complain, bro. Yeah. Nice weather, middle of February. Yes. Uh, it's like hot out, you know. I'm almost like debating taking my coat off. The weather. <laughs> Global warming is real, fam. Crazy, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm cool with it, though. I'm cool with it. Yeah, man. And you know, one thing I want to um, pick your brain about, like mm-hmm. off top, right? We went through like a few years. I was still kind of in it with the pandemic yeah, and stuff, yeah. right? And I was watching just the whole scene change, the whole entertainment scene change. But the battle rap scene. Yeah. Can we talk about that right away? The yeah. battle rap scene in the pandemic, like the Zooms and all that type of it weird hit, shit. It hit us hard, bro. Like, yeah. Obviously, being a Canadian league, like not being able to travel was a big thing. But like uh, we were actually in the middle of setting up probably one of our biggest events ever. So it was supposed to be happening April 19th in Los Angeles in 2020. Um, you know, obviously around like March third or something they started like closing you know Mm -hmm. new york city's closed like not letting anyone in and out so you know the panic button started to go off we had already bought like you know ten thousand dollars in flights we'd already bought like hotels venue deposits artist deposits everything so like just canceling that event alone was like a forty five thousand dollar debt you know because at the time we didn't know we're thinking oh shit we're only putting it back two weeks because that's all they asked so we're gonna shut down for two weeks we'll be back so i'm like fuck it you know april 19th we'll be back may 19th don't Mm -hmm. stress it telling all the artists yo hold your deposits we're good yeah two years later like we still can't really do anything because like you know a lot of these artists are getting paid big fees where like it's tough to pay them to do like a small room battle because there's no roi you Mm -hmm, know what i mean mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. um you know it it put us in a weird situation being canadian obviously like the battle rap world is kind of centric to america um, you know, we've kind of found our way to like, you know, joke and jive through all the, you know, everything and make us a, a relevant name in the community, you know Big what time. I mean? Being from Canada and everything like that. So it was definitely like a hindrance to us, but like, you know, being in this position and being Canadian, we've learned to persevere, bro. Like, you know what it was like before Drake made it and everything yeah. like to be Canadian and, and break into America. Like you had to be worked 10 times harder than everybody. So mm-hmm. like we're, we're used to this, you know what I mean? So it was just really about like pivoting, evolving, trying to figure out what everyone was doing. We noticed a lot of leagues were doing like webcam battles. Yeah. Um, at the time, 
I was kind of like impartial to them because you're building these people up to be larger than life. And then we're just putting them in their living room, rapping to like the same fan base that we're like trying to make them superstars to. Mm -hmm. So I felt like it was like kind of like counterproductive for some of these guys. Like, okay, yeah. cool. We're getting content. We're keeping people engaged when they're at home, but like at what cost of someone's name and stature, you know yeah. what I mean? So I was always hesitant on it, but you know, we kind of pivoted and we, um, we, uh, I, I don't want to say got lucky because, you know, obviously the work speaks for itself, but, you know, we ended up linking up with Amazon and Twitch. We, um, you know, set up that Grand Prix. So that. throughout COVID, it was really cool. We did it in like um, Los Angeles, Detroit, um, Atlanta and New York. And we're just getting like venues off Gigster where you're only allowed 30 people so we could still fit the COVID restrictions. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. I was having to like micromanage and delegate from up in Canada. I had a couple people down like Lush, Avo, and then like, you know, some good folks down south, you know, run the events for us while we kind of like mitigated all the media and uh, attentive things up here yeah. um, and just made it work bro but you know the Grand Prix was successful we were able to do it um, I think like it was a total of 12 events over those three months you know what I mean gave away the 50 grand and then doubled back with the King of the Dot S1 season and gave away the 100 racks the next year so mm. stayed busy throughout it I think we threw around like 57 events or something like that through the pandemic that's crazy yeah and all in america we weren't able to do any in canada because yo, know, every time i tried to do something in canada it was just like another restriction would hit they would loosen it up and be like okay cool 50 people allowed in a venue and we're like that works fuck yeah. it you know what i mean and then the next week they're like okay back down to 10 people you're not allowed in your backyard with five people so there's no consistency in canada for you to like put money up and want to do something because these battle events are expensive like you know just the one we're throwing next weekend you know an event like that would typically cost 200000 around there. You know what I mean? So Whoa, 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 whoa. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. let's, 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 let's hit the brakes and talk about that right there. Yeah. Because that's something that we've never covered in any of our interviews. Mm -hmm. Just business. like the business part of putting together a major event. Yeah. And you've put together multiple over the years. I'm talking about renting out the opera house, mm -hmm. having it packed wall to wall, Trinitron screens yeah. and all that. So for something like that, top to bottom, what would a cost be? I mean, it really depends on the card you're throwing, right? If you're throwing a two day card, like, you know, let's just say um, I'll use like a blackout six for an example yeah, yeah. you know what i mean um that was a two-day card when you're bringing in top talent all across the world like you're trying to you know obviously you know king of the dot got to a point where it was like obviously we focus on local talent but it got to be an international stand mm -hmm. league so like um you know talent alone you'll probably spend 75 80 000, you know what i mean just <laughs> on the talent because it's going to be top heavy just like boxing just like ufc the top guys are going to be what demand the big thing but they're also what brings the crowd there yes. were people you know like a pat stay was always more expensive than most people because pat when he comes out everyone wants to leave their house so mm -hmm. it's like you know it makes sense right but like um you know, then you got the, just everything. We fly all our camera crews up from Los Angeles. You know what I mean? So we- Really? Yeah, like Avo and uh, Clayton and all them. So Clayton's from like Toledo, Ohio. Uh, you know what I mean? Avo's from Los Angeles and Denver. You know, so like this event, I got Nelson coming up from Denver, Clayton coming from Toledo, and then I got uh, Avo coming from Los Angeles. So that's our film team. Mm -hmm. Then you have to obviously pay for all the rentals. You got like logistics from flights, hotels. Um, you know, there's just so many things that go into it that I think just get overlooked. You know what I mean? From Photo booths, photography to lawyers, um, you know, for, for this Fuck event, you yeah. know, getting TRPs, if you want to get someone to get in Canada, when they can, which is a temporary residency permit. So if like wow. you got criminal charges and you're not allowed in Canada, then, you know, you use that to get through. Mm -hmm. Um, 
you know, just uh, a lot of like really mundane expenses that you just don't think of from wristbands, lanyards. Um, you haven't it. even got the promo. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Marketing and everything's a whole other beast, right? You yeah. Know? So, yeah. They they add up there, bro. But like, I think like it's um, it's never really been a big money play for me. I've never caked up off King of the Dot. It's more so like culture capital. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? And like that was the reason I did it. Was like more like you know I used to be a battler myself back in the day. Like yes. you know I've won a lot of competitions, but it was more so like. When YouTube was on the brinks, I was already kind of going to events in America. So I had a lot of other Canadians like, yo, how'd you do this? How'd you do that? So that's when it was like, hey, well, we can just do our own thing and not rely on other people. You know what I mean? So that's really how it started. But the finances of it, you know, man, it just, (laughs) I like it better. You know, I like better at better when there wasn't money involved, but I get Mm. it. It's a business now. Um, You're changing people's lives. Like, you know, last year, you know, just bill collector winning a hundred grand at the end of the season, like a hundred grand American, right? So that's like 135 Canadian. It's a decent, decent, you know, decent that's, years that's worth some, of work, man. That's some good you know? guap yeah. to be in the battle rap scene, especially like seeing it evolve over the years where the money wasn't that big, where you can give away like a hundred grand and now it mm-hmm. is, right? Like, that's a beautiful thing. Crazy, bro. And, you know, we went through the history of KOTD, so I don't yeah. feel like we need to do that again. Like, if y'all yeah. want, make sure to tap into the old interviews. They're there on the channel, you know what I'm saying? You started getting into a whole different scene. Mm-hmm. And was it relative? I feel like it was relatively over around the pandemic times, no? A little or, bit before. A then, little bit like before. 2017 ish. Seven, like, look, I always sold weed. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? But like, um, when it went legal and, and just kind of like the way the rollout went, you know, me and my partners, I, uh, who are my partners now, we were just my friends at my time. You know, we just kind of, uh, had an idea and ran with it, man. You know, yeah, um, ghost drops, right? Yeah, but you know, like I take, I'm someone, I take every idea I do very serious. So like, mm. I don't really like to half-ass nothing. If I'm going to do anything, I'm going to dive right in it. So like, even with ghost drops, like back in 2016, I was really auditing the whole cannabis scene, you know, just okay. seeing what everyone's doing, what other brands, every, all the different brands in America. Cause I'm in America a lot too, right? Yeah. So like, that's where I felt like I had an advantage over. I come up here, everyone's like, oh, have you tried that cat? I'm like, man, that shit's regular to me, bro. <laughs> I be having that shit every day, you know? Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, it was just about auditing and seeing what people weren't doing. You know, I noticed that like Canada was still a little bit further behind on like what people f- know is quality. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, like a lot of people, you go on Reddit, everyone's just sharing dubs and yada, yada. And I was like, man, there's like really room for like a quality based brand to come in here if the marketing is right. So mm-hmm. what we did is just like kind of like, you know, based over the whole scene, seeing that nobody was doing like independent graphics for every single strain jungle boys was the closest back in america in 2016 and they're doing illustrated typography so my whole premise was like look man i'm gonna start this i through king of the diet i'd gone across canada i'd already like met most of the, like i'm a weed smoker so yeah. i met a lot of good growers i became friends with a lot of good growers and it was just about consolidating them and creating like a, a platform to be able to curate and get their product nationwide mm-hmm. you know what i mean but what we did differently was you know a1 obviously the strain stickers we are the first company in world history i'm pretty sure to have have like individual strain art for every single fucking strain we release okay but on top of that we are transparency based so we weren't like we were just a platform you know like of course we had our own strains but you can buy from you know whoever won karma cup like if you want if unlicensed producer won karma cup in 2017 with banana punch like that version grown by unlicensed producer of banana punch is available on our website you know Mm. so it was like the first time award-winning cannabis was available to just everyone across Canada. Right. And then obviously with like the individual strain art and just the packaging and everything and the consistency of it, it just 
developed hype over hype, you know. So back in 2017, it was relatively small, really. I never let anyone know it was me, by the way. You know, I was like doing it all behind closed doors, right? Yeah. Um, and then it just blew up, bro. It got to the point where like our Instagram was getting 700 comments on every photo we were doing, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And it was just like, man, it just blew up. You know, like they had the streets on fire. Anytime we released a strain, it was like a fight for people to get it. You'd go on, we'd release at seven o'clock by seven oh five, it'd be sold out in like you know, ten grams all in like three point five sorry, ten pounds all in like three and a half gram jars. You know what wow. I mean? So like it, it got extremely popular. Um, but you know, we, we took a lot of pride in it, right? Like we took pride in the sense that we like built a community. It wasn't just about ghost drops. It was about like all the people surrounding ghost drops and like what we were building. It was more so community based than yeah. like financial based, right? It was about like, cause I've always based stuff off this, like everyone can go out and make money, but not everybody can create impact. And mm. if you can create impact, you create value, which brings money. You this know what I mean? Fact. So like when looking at the cannabis scene, it's like, man, all these people are doing the same thing. Like you gotta, you gotta, there's a, always just as much in being the counter argument as there is to being an argument right so like when i was seeing what everyone else is doing i'm gonna do the complete opposite they're not allowed marketing properly in the legal space well fuck it i'm gonna double up and go twice as hard on marketing making all these like pop graphics making everything seem like attractive and really just you know making it fun for the community to be involved in doing lots of giveaways um seeing people go through stuff help them out you know this guy needs a wheelchair we'll come through as a community and, and get him that wheelchair and really just building like a sense of like i keep saying it but a sense of community because yeah. that's what the cannabis culture is and i feel like that's what the legal system forgot about it's like you can try and finesse people all you want but at the end of the day the community is going to stand strong together and realize what's good and what's not you know mm -hmm. what i mean so um i think that's that's really it bro we just really had our feet to the ground we enjoyed doing it and we wanted to build something that was fun that a lot of people could enjoy themselves too and that's really what ghost drops was it was never about like you know monopolizing cannabis it was really just about like giving everyone who never had a foot in the door a foot in the door like yeah we, if when cannabis went legal you know if you weren't trust funded you didn't have a uh, uh I hope in hell, you know what I mean? So like us, we built a brand that gave us that hope mm -hmm. because, you know, eventually the OCS realized like, you know, you're either going to compete against us or work with us by allowing us to go legal and convert. We converted like thousands of like black market customers over to legal and got yeah. other brands in the black market realizing they can do this too. And it's not a dead end path where you just only people playing with public funding money mm -hmm. are able to do this. So, you know, that was it, man. I feel like, you know, we did our job and now you're seeing like a lot of the black market companies exploring the legal opportunities and everything like that. We are the first, but you know, that's what we wanted to do. We wanted to kick the door down and get, get the real in, you know what I yeah. mean? And we want it to be like, if the legal market is the playoffs, like I don't want to change my team when I get to the playoffs. I want to be surrounded by all the people we the were best, yeah. that we're in the black market with. Yeah. Like, this is our family, right? So like, just because we made it first doesn't mean we forgot about anybody. Our goal is to hopefully inch everybody in and give everyone foot space in this. And, you know, the the people in there just trying to be greedy for the wrong reasons, they're not really going to survive in it. It'll follow like America. You know what I mean? Yeah. You've seen all the big companies, the public companies were good at first. They started going like this. And then you watch like the cultured companies of like the young kids that are like really doing this. They're not just some publicly traded company with a, a CPG CEO hired from Starbucks and whatever. It's like culture selling the product. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Not Where just a lot marketing. of these people, well, a lot of these companies are selling stock. Uh, you see it all the time in the Canadian market. They're selling weed cheaper than they create it for because as long as they get the sales, they get the investor money to come in and it's just a rollback program. Mm -hmm, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? So like, 
being a micro or being like a self-funded cannabis, like, bro, we got all odds stacked against us because I'm not a publicly traded company. I don't got no outside investors. I'm just inching my way forward the way we always have. We started off with a pound and a cell phone. Now we've made it to the point where, you know, we're, we've sold, what, 500,000 jars last year in That's the legal crazy. space. So, like, yeah. you know, we're just going to continue to do that. Maybe we won't win the race of being first as the big company, but, you know, we're, we're doing it the way that's sustainable. You know what I mean? Um. Um, just to touch on that as well, right? And there's a few things that you mentioned that made me think about the legal system, right? Mm-hmm. And just the way that you guys are enforcing, like bringing other people from the black market up to the forefront as well. Yeah. What about the people who were arrested while it was like black market? Yeah. Is it like, how does that work? Like, do they get like validated like now Not, that it's legal or do you still have to, you know, are they still dealing with the same convictions or charges from before? And is, are, are they lightening them for the people who were convicted or charged prior to that or yeah, not? They're supposed to be right. Like they're supposed to eliminate them and everything like almost. It, it's funny in the cannabis space. If you have like a weed church in the black market, it's like mm. a badge of honor now. Right. Because all these now these legal companies have started realizing like, oh, shit, we need to be cultured. We need to. So like, let's go hire these people to make it seem like. We were there at the in the mud working, yeah. making it happen, right? So we down, yeah, exactly, right. So like they're pretty much buying culture, you know. That's what they're trying to do now. So like it's opening up opportunity. The good thing is it's opening up opportunities for people that didn't have that before. You know mm. what I mean? Which was the tough part because when everything went legal, they took a lot of good faces and they shelved them. You know, they weren't letting them get the limelight because they didn't want them to have the power, right? So yeah. I think that uh, it's it's shifting now, right? But okay. I feel bad for the people. You know, we are dealing even with uh, shout out Tara Muldoon. Um, you know, she's uh, working on you know trying to get people expunged records and stuff. Yeah, like the FU project. Yeah, the yeah. forgiveness project. Yep, exactly. So you know, they're supposed to be a little more proactive than they are, but people like her are on their ass. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's good, good on her. Shout out her. No man, I, that's dope. And you know, jumping back into the to the battle space at the end of this month, we're we're in February. It's February fifteenth while we're filming this this episode right here. Yeah. But at the end of the month, you have a major KOTD event that's coming up. So, yeah. so and and it's a fundraising event as well. Yeah, yeah. So let's 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 talk about that right there. Yeah. First off, rest in peace, my brother Pat. Yes, R.I.P. I mean? um, yeah, you know. Uh, Pat was pretty much like the biggest artist, King of the Dot History. He's been one of my best friends, closest friends for the last 20 years of my life. And, uh, you know, obviously his life was taken from him uh, by some cowards. So, you know, we are doing what we can to to do right by him and make him proud and make sure that his family's good, you know. So Mm -hmm. we got all the best battle rappers in the world, a lot of them competing against each other. They've all waived their fees. And we're doing this just to raise money for Pat's family, man, hoping to bring in like a quarter ticket or something like that to the family and, you know, set them off the, the way they're supposed to be because he ain't there to provide for them anymore. So yeah. you know, we, we all coming together as a group to make sure that we can do that for them. Yeah. You know, um, yeah, it's honorable, bro. Shout out all the battle rappers that are doing this, all the staff members, you know, everyone working for free because shit's going to make a big difference. And I think it goes to show like the brotherhood that battle rap is because like when you put that in perspective of just like golf. You know what I mean? Let's say Tiger Woods died. Like, would all the best golfers come together, compete against each other just to donate to make yeah. take care of that family? Like, you don't see this camaraderie happen often, but it just goes to show, like, battle rap is a brotherhood. We go up there and we say the meanest shit to each other in the world, but when real comes to real, we hold each other down. That's you facts. know, we always have, right? So, like, um, Pat's no exception. He was the, the captain of our team. So, you know, we're we're making sure that he's going to be, you know, paid respectfully when he's when he's gone. Yeah, man. Yeah. R.I.P. Pat, stay, man, and and, and I look forward to that event as well. And 
you know, even like to, to, to stay on Pat's day for, for a while, cause we got to, ch- to speak with him on, in our interview. Great guy. You know what I'm saying? Like he, I remember watching him in the KOTD battles from time. Mm-hmm. Right. How did you guys meet and how did he get into KOTD in the first yeah, place? It's, it's actually funny, right? Like this obviously starts like when Facebook first came around, like 2005, yeah. you know? So this is before like battle rap was battle rap. I'd go to like, I don't know if people remember, like there's battles at like a venue called like the Degrassi Hall, which is across the street from the Opera House. It was only like a 45 person venue, but yes. the battle scene was very small, right? World Rap Championships happening in 2005, 2006 let you get like a global look at the battle scene. So like there was probably like, you know, five people from each city that were standouts, you know, like mm-hmm. in Canada, it was like, you know, only like five of us, but you know, we hadn't been really represented the way we wanted to in like a lot of international things, just from some of the people that went to represent us. So right. uh, when the World Rap Championships came around, Nameless was my partner the first year. But what Nameless. most people don't know is me and Nameless just hooked up like two nights before. Like, yo, you want to do this together? Let's just go freestyle. You know what I mean? And have yeah. fun with it. But the next year around, Jacob didn't want to do it anymore. So I just went like, yo, I got to find my next partner because I'm like, I'm out for revenge. You know what I mean? And um I came across Pat, you know, and uh, this was like before YouTube existed. Everything was on a on a MP4 site called Bright Cove. Um, so I just reached out to Pat. I'm like, you know, it was like, yo, yada, yada. And then he ended up being like a fan of me and already knowing of me before. So mm-hmm. we kind of connected. And it was funny because I was trying to get him to be my partner. But he was like, bro, I can't freestyle for shit. Like, check out my other boy. His name's Hollahan. You should connect with him. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's really how me, him and Hollahan, like him and Hollahan were obviously childhood best friends. But that's how like the three of us became really good friends. Because like within two weeks, Hollahan was moving to Toronto to be my partner in the World Rap Championships, mm-hmm. which eventually folded. And then I had this like ever growing weight of what to do with Hollahan because I just made this guy move across the country to fucking rap yeah. with me. And that's why I started King of the Dot. Wow. And it was just like, you know, I had like all these kids ask me how to do this. And then I just put this pressure of like making this guy move here. It was like, yo, I got to do something now. You know what I mean? Like, and you know, it was just, uh, we wanted to continue with the World Rap Championships brought to Toronto. Like they kind of, it, it sucks they folded because what they originally did was go to like London, Los Angeles, New York, Toronto, Detroit, and yada, yada. And they, they had this competition. But when they folded, at least we all knew who each other were. So you're able to pick up the pieces and mm-hmm. create something, right? So, you know, shout out to them because they're literally like the first building block into what King of the Dot was. You know what I mean? So Yoganic, you never... Like for the times, like when we went through the origin story of the King of the Dot, mm-hmm. that part was left out of the of the origin story, bro. Yeah, I did not know that. Back, man, further back, yeah. Got to yeah. dig deeper. Yeah, yeah. Holy you know. shit! It was all about just creating a scene. It was never King of the Dot was never meant to be this, bro. Like I mm. wanted King of the Dot to be just an annual event called King of the Dot, where everyone wanted to go and win. I couldn't get a venue. You know what I mean? So that was kind of like everything just started happening at the same time. Like I couldn't get the venue. Hollahan's moving here. It's like, fuck it. We're just going to do street battles. Yeah. Jump off did and we'll get every rapper to bring 10 bucks and we'll pay the cameraman. You know what I mean? And that's <laughs> literally what I used to make rappers pay. <laughs> you know? Um, that's crazy. It, it's so crazy, right? And we tried doing them at Young and Dundas the first time. We got kicked out of there. So we had to go to like that. Young and Sherborne. You know what I mean? So that became like our first home. And then we were over at like Alexandra Park. And yeah, it just grew from there, grew man. From there. You know what I mean? So it's very natural, very organic, no pun intended. But like, you know, it was our city. And I felt like King of the Dot really did our city justice as far as keeping everyone together. It was so much more than a battle league. It was a mm-hmm. networking hub. Everyone at the venues, and I know it's like hard to remember back, but like you were either pushing CDs, T-shirts, you're an engineer, yada, yada. It's like everyone in that building was like 
contributing one way or another. Yes. Maybe not to the day or something, but to our whole hip hop scene. You know, and I felt like it was a great place for network and also like it kept our city together like a lot of people would have issues but because of the mutual respect they'd come they'd see each other at the event and then realize hey i've seen them it's not that big of a deal mm -hmm, and it would mm -hmm. like almost kill a lot of tension because like we used to have like you know all corners of the city in those buildings and there was never no problems well it's still crazy to me i hope i don't jinx myself so knock on wood but like um you know we've done over a thousand events we've had two fights you can't say that about a punk event you can't say that about a leaf game you can't say that about a blue jay game but for battle rap what's supposed to be like hyper aggressive we've yeah. had two fights in, in what 15 years yeah where people are literally saying the wildest yeah. most foulest shit in yeah. each other's face but it's just the respect right yeah. when you go there you just know what you're going to so like I, I really felt like it was just like the glue that did our city justice for a little while you know what i mean mm -hmm. like drake was obviously doing it big on a commercial level and when people would find about Toronto, it was like the layer to Toronto that like followed up to that. And like, wow, it's not just one trake in the week. And like, they got a whole rap battle league out there that can compete with everybody, all yeah. the Americans and people from the UK, Philippines, they're all going there to rap, you know? So that was what was really prideful for me was just making Toronto almost like um, a staple in battle rap where people felt like they had to come up here to complete part of their like goals. You yeah. Know? And, yeah. and uh, that was it, bro. For you know, we were always overlooked and, and everything for it. So just being able to get that when I was young was a win for me. Now where we're at, this is this is just the bonus round, bro. Now, you know now I mean? you're in legacy mode, you know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, bro, because before it was all just about making sure they knew who I was, bro. I remember first coming up and like, you know, it'd be like scandalous, ironic, um, watching all these people battling like last yeah. man standing competitions in Ottawa and you know all the all the Mark Echo Fest in Toronto and shit yeah. like I was 16 you know what I mean I even uh, you they know, wasn't I was, there yeah, I, I was 16 <laughs> hoping to catch people walking outside and I'd, I'd catch them in a cipher and then I'd try to force it into a battle because <laughs> that was how you'd get your name yeah, back yeah, yeah. there was no Facebook there was none of that I was going to go to uh, the, the Gangstar concert the Mob Deep concert the whoever and the second everyone starts flooding the street we're gonna rap outside on that corner and try and catch people slipping bro yeah, you know yeah, they want to yeah. come cypher we're gonna fuck you up in a battle man yeah, yeah you know like that's that was the game you know no nah, man those 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 are legendary times man and even fast forwarding to now right yeah like you're a family man now right nah no <laughs> nah i mean i got family friends and all that but no no I'm okay good. okay yeah, you know yeah. for some reason i thought you had a whole family and stuff no, like had, that you know i had you know i had a thing for a little while you know it was working out but life you know okay 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 yeah, i got my dog <laughs> yeah no okay well okay that's that's blessed right yeah yeah but even but I, I got i got like obviously you know my family my mom my pops are still alive and together and everything so shut up down yeah what about the battle rap scene now man yeah. the evolution of it bro it's changed over the years it has right yeah what do you think about the changes? Are you good with the changes? What are some of the bonuses, some of the minuses that you see in it? Yeah, the pros and cons. That's a good question. You know, it's hard to, you know, your age gets to you. I'm like, hey, man, these young kids just don't get it, you know? <laughs> but uh, it, it's it's really just, you know, we grew up in a different era where, like, you know, we appreciated the fact if someone created a video for us and would put it out on YouTube. Like, that was like, you made it in my era. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Where these kids, it's this is expected now. So the yeah. appreciation of like the work behind the machine isn't appreciated like it was back in the day where back in the day people really appreciated that like you're going home grinding when they're not looking to make this possible where mm -hmm. i feel like these days kids just assume you're just turning on a camera uploading on youtube and that's your job right yeah. um but like i think it's evolved greatly it's not as i'd love to find a way to get more young kids involved and i think we're kind of coming 
back in that scene in hip hop where it's almost refocusing back on lyricism again. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? We all went through the melodic phase and it was really good, but like, you know, um, there needs to be levels and, and it's always good to have the melodic, but you know, there's still a lot of people in the city that can bar out, you know, yeah. what I mean? that's where like your intellectual stuff really comes to play. And I think that's what battle rap is. It's like an intellectual chess match. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So, um, I'm really excited to do this event next week in Toronto because we haven't done an event in Toronto in four years, yeah, five years, right? So this is almost like I'm looking like our reemergence, and I'm hoping it pops to the point where we can attract all these young kids. This is a platform for y'all to utilize. Like, there's not many in the city, you know what I mean? Mm. Like, this is free. You can sign up. You do good. You get paid. Like, you earn a name. Like, we need to be championing these type of platforms because there's not many left. Shout out to what you're doing as well, man. Oh, thank you. Know? you. And, I, and I highly appreciate it and grateful for what you do because. There's not many people taking their time and effort and, and realizing that there's a bigger picture. You know what I mean? And mm -hmm. like, we can all focus on ourselves, go to a job, get off and just cook dinner and melt away on your couch watching TV. But to like wake up every day with the goal of like championing other people and making sure other people have, have an outlet and stuff like it's so needed in this city, bro. You yeah. know, like we're not. Miami, we're not Los Angeles, we're not New York. All we got is each other up here. The That's rest of the world segregates us until we force ourselves on them. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like, um, yeah, man, I just want to see the city hold each other down. I want to see everyone out here come together again. And, you know, it's looking like, you know, I'm hoping that it will be that way, man. Rough couple of years, the last couple of years, man. Yeah. Hip-hop scene, but unfortunately it takes rough things, rough times for people to understand the bigger picture, you know, and when you get through the the storm, you realize life can be good, man, you know, um, but yeah. No, uh, and even with the rap, the battle rap scene, like when I post stuff on my page, right, like on the, on the We Love Hip Hop page or on my Percy page, like when I post stuff on the Beast Mode events and stuff, mm -hmm. I see, mode. salute the Beast Mode, right? Yeah. I see people jump in the comments like, yo, I'll eat that guy's food. <laughs> yo, invite me to the next battle. Mm -hmm. Do you think that there's a separation between like the hip hop, like the quote unquote, how can I describe this? The mainstream hip hop yeah. scene and then like the battle rap scene. Cause like, I feel like they look at it and they want to get involved, but like they're not involved. Yeah. Yeah. Are you speaking of just Toronto or in general? Just in general. Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like the rappers, rappers and the people who are into rap, I feel like but they, they like battle rap, but they don't show up. I feel up. like a lot of them are intimidated by it, man. Okay. You know what I mean? Um, they all want to do it, but I'm, I'm, it's very different from <laughs> doing it. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, and I think like, you know, obviously the examples that have gone forth haven't been the best for them. So everyone's like, they stay at it from a distance. But to be honest, like just even the little bit of love, like seeing Kevin Durant tweet about it, like just seeing the, how much it lights up some of these batters, them watching Kevin Durant show one battle rapper love, like lights up the whole scene because everyone's yes. like, proud of that battle. Yo, they're paying attention. Yo, did you see this guy? Shout out this guy. Like he's watching. Like, you know what I mean? Like just that it's like an echo chamber. That's why it was so big when Drake showed King of the Dot Love because it mm -hmm. made everyone in the city be like, wow, people are paying attention. Battle rap. You know Yo, I mean? shit. Yeah. yeah. And, and, it, and it's talent, bro. It's real talent. It's not based off hey you got a grant and you just got more luckier than this person you had a better grant writer hey you knew someone at this label like this is you're better than this person or you're not mm -hmm. you know what i mean and like th that your talent is what's going to push you so if you are an artist in the city and you feel like you're stuck in a spot jump on over to king of the dot you know what i mean but no for real show like, your skills yeah come bro people don't realize like that the 
the promotional value in battle rap is insane. These guys are getting hundreds of thousands of views. Like there's battle rappers, majority of battle rappers that King of the Dot is dealing with on this level. They're not working. Mm-hmm. This is their full-time job. They're making from battle rap to just sponsors, just everything kind of going in line because they're jumping and doing a battle every three weeks. That's getting a hundred, 200,000 views. They can get clothing companies to pay them to wear their shirt. They yeah. can get weed companies to pay them to promote their brand. So like, there's just so many avenues when you're this busy and everything like that. Yeah. Obviously, you know, you're good at the music stuff stay on that but you know um it's just a lot of different outlets man don't ever feel like backed in a corner you know there's a lot of outlets in this city for you to you may not know battle rap is probably your best skill set until you try it because there's certain people that are like i never knew i'd be good at this shit i did it once now my dick did holy yeah. fuck and now they're like someone i'm paying five grand to battle <laughs> yeah you know and, and that's life man you know or they turn so, out to be the biggest battle rapper that once upon a time used to be recording artist you know how big toronto like that's what i want like if we had all like the toronto like if we could push politics aside our culture and city would be so dominant in that stuff bro because mm-hmm. like we have our own culture you yes. know what i mean like we're not relying on the other people to pay attention to us like toronto's little hip-hop scene was self-sustainable for the last five years bro mm-hmm. it's its own little ecosystem you know what i mean mm-hmm. and it's a it's a beautiful thing and that's what i felt king of the dot was before you know what i mean yeah. so we, we combine both those and if both those are flourishing at the same time like we're probably in a better position hip-hop wise than we've ever been you know no, that, that would be crazy yeah and and even to, to reverse it right like with battle rappers why is it that they can't transition most of the time into recording artists though it's a good question man i think some of them can but it's really like once you encompass yourself in the battle rap scene if you take it serious it's, it's overwhelming you know what and I you mean? Ha- there's a lot of raps that you have to write yeah and the fact that it's just like yeah i can wake up and make this song but this other guy's probably at home writing trying to take my head off like mm. you just wake up with that feeling it's like if you know someone wants to fight you it's like yeah i can skip the gym and get weed smoke weed all day or should i go practice my boxing skills for when i do run into them you yes, know what i mean yes. so a lot of them it just becomes like um mind power you know what i mean it takes over i feel like but like um some of them really can, bro. I feel like it, battle rappers, like it's like an old folk tale, you know, some get pigeonholed, but that's because there's just a lot of battle rappers that just don't rap outside of battle rap, bro. You yeah. Know what I mean? So like, then you, if that's the examples you're listening to, then yeah, you're going to say that. But, you know, there's a lot of good artists within battle rap, man. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I do hear some good songs here and there um, from guys who in the battle rap scene when they, yeah. you know, drop some music. But yeah, it's... It's not as far and few in between for me. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean, um, one one thing also with all the stuff that you've accomplished over the years, mm-hmm. right? What do you think is one of your biggest accompli- biggest accomplishments? Good question. Um, poof. My biggest accomplishments. Um, like you keep leveling up year after year, yeah, bro. Yeah, you know what, man? I don't, I don't, I don't think it's a real personal accomplishment. I think like what I just do for other people is what like personally satisfies me. You know mm. what I mean? My personal accomplishments are always based on how I'm helping other people, right? So like, you know, King of the Dot, Ghost Drops, both of them are of the same premise. It's like you know we build a platform and we're trying to help other people reach the end goal. So yeah, like, yeah. Um, my biggest accomplishment, I, I don't know personally, bro. I'll probably say next weekend, man. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Being able to like really help my friend and his family. And like that to me is like the most important thing to me right now. It's just a promise that I have to fulfill to my friend that we say to each other as joking. And unfortunately it became reality. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, so I just feel like I got to do this and uh, that'll be personally for me. That's going to be my biggest accomplishment is making sure that my homie knows his family's good. Oh, that's, yeah. that's real talk right there. And you know, when, you know, you, you're at this point now, 
where you've accomplished a lot of things, mm-hmm. right? And you've gone through a lot of things. You've learned a lot of things. What's one thing that this organic now would tell, let's say, the 19-year-old yeah. organic? I say it all the time. Life is long. Don't burn bridges. Mm. You think that, you know, the crew you're with now will always be there for you. You think that sticking up for this person's always like, look, man, keep your head down. Stay to yourself. Just, you know, life is long and appreciate that process because the problems you have now can come back in 10 years and haunt you and don't get wrapped up in it, man. Because, you know, just and this goes for everybody, man. Just appreciate the time you have. Life is the longest thing you have and make sure you value that, you know, like you're what you're doing today will affect your future life. You don't want something to, to chase you around for 10, 15 years. So move wisely, move smartly, don't burn bridges, be friendly with everyone. And just remember that person that you may have a one up on today may have a one up on you in 10 years and you're nice to them now. They may be nice to you in the future, man. This mm-hmm. whole shit is a chain reaction. So just, you know, be good and persevere. Don't get so down on yourself. Life is it's a beautiful thing when you don't get so wrapped up in it, you know? Yeah. Now that's jewelry right there, bro. No, man, I, I appreciate this conversation. I want to also thank you for this um this this um care package right here, awesome. man. You know what I'm saying? The grinder in here from from Ghost Drops yeah. and the tray, a nice little fit going on. Yo, bro, yeah. like I, I'm 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 super proud of everything that you got going on, thank man. You, brother. Every likewise, year you level man. up. Likewise, man. Thank you, man. No. Every year, oh, this is fresh. I'm wearing this the next episode for sure. What's this? Oh, crazy, crazy. Yeah, organic. Like every time we get together and have these these conversations, bro, I I, I look forward to it because I'm like, I feel like I can get some game mm-hmm. and the audience can get some game as well. And I'm really admiring your come up, bro. Like I've known you for like, 20 years yeah. now, I think. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We're getting to be some old heads. Coming to the China doll with yes. all the crazy events, man. <laughs> yeah, man. And then every time I see you, you're every year, every few years, you're like leveling up, like I said, and, and, and I'm proud of you, bro. Thank you, man. And I just want you to know that, fam. Thank you, man. Well, what you got coming up, it, like besides the battle coming up at the end of the month, yeah. I know you got some stuff planned into the new year and stuff. Yeah, so course, so you know. let, let the people know, man. Uh, look, man, just going to go hard with ghost drops. You know, I'm really looking to bring some unique strains and cultivars up here, really just continuing to create community and really want to get King of the Dock back going, man. I feel like yeah. the last four years, I just feel like I owe it to the city. I have... You know, it's just being able to give back means so much to me, bro. Like this city has really embraced me, helped me, helped me get my name out there. So that whatever I can do to help other people and keep that going. And really like what I like to do is um, close the generation gap. And that's what I think is happening. Like, you know, when you said about why music and battle rap are so much like that four years of, of the pandemic, I think what hurt the most was the generation gap it caused between artists, you know, just from our era, right? You never seen thrust making music with um you know what i mean camouflage right it's just generation gap yeah okay camel is a bad example because camel put an album where he put on every artist in the city but you know uh, you're not seeing like um you know someone from that era make music or jd era doing music with casper exactly right so i think like once our city can come together and the generation gap closes there's a lot of game we can learn from each other like everyone's out there being their own og you know what Mm -hmm, i mean and they're mm -hmm. not they don't really got people teaching them game and shit and you know you don't really realize how valuable that is until you 
you get older, bro. Like I always say, man, like I wish I had someone show me the ropes of King of the Dot because I had something so big. It could have been so much bigger. I just didn't know what I was doing. And yeah. I think I did a good job with she it. She did a great you job. You know what I mean? But if I had someone show me like, look, this is what you do with the financials. This is how you can leverage this. But I was just riding the wave. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. like, you know, having someone kind of teach you the ropes, don't ever be too big for it, man, because information is knowledge. Knowledge is power, right? So like the more you can learn from people, the better. And yeah, that generation gap needs to be closed because yeah, that's a, you know, I've learned some of the most valuable shit I've learned from just OGs talking to people and older people in the hip hop scene. Yo, don't do this. I did this. This is what happened with me that. And you just don't know, you know, a lot of these kids are living through trial and error, but having someone teach you that so you don't have to have that trial means a lot. Yeah. I, and, and I think even to put a pin on that, like, I think the game is to be told, not yeah, sold. Exactly. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Exactly. Like Google's around. Google's, it's free as long as you got Wi-Fi. So why have to sell the game? Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Don't hoard knowledge. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Nah, bro. This is a great conversation we had here. Um, I, you know, make sure to follow Organics on his Instagram, Organics with the check mark. You know what I'm saying? Easy to find. <laughs> organic hip hop, organic with a K. You know what I'm saying? And you, and the address for the, some of the ghost drops. Yeah, so ghost the drops know. official on Instagram as well. Ghost drops official on Instagram yep. and, and the, the, there's locations. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, let the people know some locations they can pop up at. You know uh, well, we're going to have something pop up soon. So I'm, I'll talk about that on a later date. We'll come back and talk about something cooler. Okay. That we're doing. Yeah, because we got something in the works that's going to be really fucking cool for cannabis. So, yeah, when that comes out, it'll definitely be another one. We'll, we'll be looking forward to it, man. Mm -hmm. Yeah, man. Thank you again. Another Thank dope you, conversation. And once again, salute to our sponsors over here, Astro Pink. If you know, you know, check them out on their website, myastropink.com or on their Instagram, astro underscore pink. And hit the like, the subscribe, all that good stuff. Organic in the motherfucking building. Yeah, shout out. Shout out you, bro. You know, everything you're doing, man. Shout out. You know, I've watched your Peter Jackson interview. It was super dope, man. Thank you. It's like everything you're doing just for the young kids, bro. Like, I hope, uh, you know, they appreciate it. Because, you know, as they get older, they will, bro. It's time. You're creating time capsules for them. You know I'm, I mean? I'm working on it, man. So, like, it's valuable, bro. You're letting uh, people know the human behind the music. And it's mm. valuable. So, salute to you, man. No, thank you, man. Hell yeah. Yeah, man. Another one in the vault. We are off of this. Chill. Deuces. We love hip-hop. Hip -hop. Hip -hop. Hip -hop.